What's up, guys? Welcome back or welcome to our anniversary episode called Behind the Mask. I'm Chris. And I'm Becca. Cool. So today I said it was an anniversary episode. We're at the end of season two or season one. By the time you guys will have seen this or heard this episode, we'll be at literally the day that we started this podcast, Bex, and it's been a year, to put it lightly. So what we decided to do is get some of our like fan favorites back on the call and chat about like a debrief from 2020 and I guess the beginning of 2021. So the people we've got for you guys are the GOAT, Casey. Hey, how's it going? So Casey, uh, if you guys don't know, was on an episode called Godly Reconciliation. Super, super important. We chatted about our journey through reconciliation, you know, so forgiveness and then what is the next steps. Um, and then we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Tyson. Hello, everyone. The originator of the big T, truth. Yep. So Tyson was on for our racism is a gospel issue episode. This dude is brilliant. He's going to talk your ears off. Lots of gems. Make sure you have a, a pen and paper to write down. And then last but not least, we've got Jordan Pugh. Jordan, say hi to the people. Hi. <laughs> Jordan was on twice with us. She was on our call when we were talking about discipleship and being a huddle leader, which we're recording at camp. So it's pretty uh, apt go back and listen to that one. And then she was on when we talked about our unlearning series with life being hard doesn't have to equal productivity, which is a really cool episode. We talked about how athletes are really not super efficient because we just go until we're empty, which isn't, which isn't very efficient or productive. So shameless plug, make sure you go back and listen to all those episodes. They were awesome. All right. But today for this episode, we want to kind of debrief through the year. Um, and in the spirit of not making this episode super long, we wanted to come in prepared so everybody's got the stuff that they brought. So the first question that I had for you guys was, what have you learned about yourself throughout this season? And Tyson, you were uh, the person that we tasked with this question, and um, you have an interesting perspective. So I'd love for you to share with people what you said. Yeah. Um, thanks for saying I'm brilliant. You're welcome. Which is... I don't know if that's true, but I'll take it. Um, I think what I told you, which is true, the biggest thing I've learned is that I think a lot of the things that I think I cared about don't really matter at all. Um, a big thing I learned from just reading through scripture and just by being home during COVID was to stop wasting time. And that's like kind of the thing that you can't get back. And I remember when I was young, a lot of people would say like time is money, but I think for the most part, you can usually get money back, but time you can't get back. Like it's, it's undefeated almost, you know, um, you can't escape it. Like I remember sometimes I would try to go, go for a run in the morning and I would oversleep. And I remember I would be so mad when I woke up. Cause I'm like, I will never have an opportunity to run at six in the morning on like June 1st of 2020 ever again, like, which might've been a little bit of an overreaction and too much of a philosophical thought about that. Um, but yeah, I think there were times where my friends would like ask to hang out and I would kind of like say no because I was tired or I just didn't want to go out. And then now that opportunity is gone and I can't get that back. Um, yeah, so to kind of keep my initial response brief, that's, that's where I'll end for now. Yeah, no, it's a super interesting perspective. And to 
actually use Tyson's words and you love to say, well, nothing matters, so who cares? Which is really funny depending on the context of what the conversation is. But um, it's an interesting perspective yeah. of like wasting time on things that generally speaking, we can't take into eternity with us. Mm -hmm. And in this, uh, in 2020 with COVID, with all the social unrest in the world, all the different ways in which uh, like people were, were dying left and right, you just kind of learn that life is fleeting and we are on, we're living this life on a mission and we have an opportunity to live up every day, but to the glory of God, not just to kind of, I don't even know, settle whatever it is that we want to do. And it can kind of help to inform our priorities, but I, I would love to hear responses. So maybe uh, Bex, you can respond to this and then Casey, I'll let you respond. So Bex, go ahead. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I think hearing Tyson, Tyson, hearing you say that, like, I think that's what I've learned a lot this year as well of just losing for me, losing an athletic career in the fashion of COVID was so truthfully rocked me like to my core, but the reality of it is looking back on that and realizing that on in that game, like none of that was going to matter. Like the season was going to end. Everybody was going to go home school was going to shut down, like the world was going to change. And I think that as hard as that was, I think God's grace was actually in it too, because it gave me a taste of what that really looks like to be, what are we living for? Are we living for the fleeting things of this world that can literally end in a blink of an eye by a global pandemic that nobody saw coming? Or, you know, am I Am I living in light of eternity and focusing on that and holding everything else with open hands? Um, so yeah, that's something that I can really identify with too. And it's been a really hard thing to learn. Like that has, that is not easy to release our grip on the things of this world that are important to us. But I think that's part of the call of picking up your cross is doing just that. Hey, sweet thing. Um, I'm responding to Tyson. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that this year gave perspective on what really matters. Um, I think that what you're saying is so true. We can't get, we can't get that time back. And so how are we going to use it? And what are we called to do with our time, treasure, and talent? <laughs> I like those three T's. Those are, those are SCATs that you, you hear a lot. Um, and so we, we've been given time and we've given talents and we've been treasures. And so how are we going to use them while we're here, um, to make them matter for the kingdom? Um, I think it was interesting. Like, I don't, there was a day in June and it was, um, during kind of all of, um, the riots and the chaos in the city, uh, after George Floyd was killed. And then there was a huge storm on that Wednesday. Um, and I woke up the next morning and things were on fire and people were in masks and trees were down. And I was like, I think Jesus is actually coming back like, okay. like now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, does this matter? Like, I need to, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, um, and who do I need to share the gospel with? 
was really the thought I had. Because if Jesus is coming back, there's a lot of people I love and care about that don't know Jesus. So I think that was like a pretty big wake up call for me. Um, and I don't know if he's going to come back in our lifetime, but it was certainly like jarring enough and felt like end of times enough that <laughs> I was like, I, yo, I need to, I need to start preaching my butt off, um, to people that don't know Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. Can I say something? Yeah, go for it. Thanks. So you said something like, and you said like life is fleeting. That's like the truest thing ever. Like, uh, I think the reason why I kind of realized that nothing matters is uh, because I was reading like through James and it talks about like, it's like, don't, it basically says like, don't say like, oh, in a year I'm going to like do this or that. Like say like, if God wills it, I'll, in a year I'll be able to do this or that because like, we don't know what's going to happen like tomorrow, let alone a year from now. And then it says like, what is your life? It's a vapor that's here for a little while and then it's gone. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like going into my senior year of college. But yesterday I felt like I was like 12 years old. Like I like I can vividly remember like being in sixth grade. So I'm like, where's the like where's the time gone? I remember like my freshman year in high school, like I was like, oh, I still got like 40 games. I got like 40 football games left in my career. Like I'm good. It's gonna be awesome. And now like I'm like not playing football anymore. So I'm just like, it's weird. Like I played football for 15 years and it's just like, does that even, like I've, I'm done now. Like, every, like everything that I'm doing ends at some point. Um, so I think what you're saying, like, I mean, I, I always say like nothing matters, but I think I'm being like hyperbolic. Like I know some things do matter, but like, it's almost the opposite to me. Like, like everything matters. Like everything matters with your time. It's like the opposite. Like I think it's nothing right. matters of the secular world. Like nothing matters that isn't of God to me. And so to me, it's like everything matters. Time is so is a vapor. So that I might be gone tomorrow. So how am I using my time today? Should I be on Instagram scrolling? No, I should not. I should be reading the Bible. I should be talking to people about Jesus. I shouldn't be that's the kind of stuff that doesn't matter to me is like that and so it's like everything matters but nothing does also <laughs> i don't know i feel like i don't understand i guess this is like sort of confusing to me because it's like to me it's like everything matters every minute so if like we don't want to waste time we can't get it back it's a priority that means everything matters every minute matters for the kingdom even playing sports yeah. matter because you have that's a platform god gave you so like it matters what you do when you step on the field. God gifted you with the talent to play football, to play lacrosse, to play soccer. Um, long, long time ago for me to play lacrosse. Um, it wasn't that long ago. Come on. It wasn't long, long. Come far on. in a land far, far away. Um, <laughs> but like that, that does matter because it's how, so God gave you a talent, right? How you use that talent. How are you using your time to think about yourself and how good you are at something? Or is it to share the gospel in that mission field that God placed you in because of the talent that you were given? You know, so to me, it's almost like the opposite. Like everything matters because time is but a vapor. What I'm yeah. hearing is that the, what I'm hearing to mediate this a little bit, because this is our summer associateship every day. Um, what I'm hearing is that it's a matter of perspective. So almost what I'm hearing from you is your perspective is 
everything is worship. Mm-hmm. So by that definition, then yes, everything matters because if it, we're using it or we have the opportunity to use it to worship God, then sure, and preach the gospel and make his name famous. And the perspective I'm hearing from you, Tyson, is if the heart motive is that I'm doing these things to serve the God of me, then yes, nothing matters. So that's Let's go. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I'm hearing is it's a matter of perspective. You guys are making the same argument, yeah, just your perspective good. shift is different. I'm going to be the resident so psychologist and just mediate it. We're going to move on. Okay. That's good. So really good. Um, so yeah, what, what I'm, what we're basically hearing is that priorities, right? We heard a lot or we were rocked. God basically put a giant pause button on our entire lives and said, are you with me? or Are you not in 2020? And for a lot of people, they were not. And for some people, they may, they might've been, it was a kind of, and for some people it was, yeah. But I do think even for people that are like, yeah, God, I'm with you, it's still challenging. What part of, are you with me 100% or are you only willing to give me part of you? Mm-hmm. So like there was a lot of trying to figure out what your priorities were in 2020, for sure. So with that, we're going to move on back. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it to you for the second half of our conversation. Yeah, that was actually, that's a really good segue into our next question of, you know, hitting the pause button and being like, okay, what now? Um, And I think the next thing that we wanted to discuss was how has God changed you, challenged you, pushed you out of your comfort zone? Like, how do you feel like you've grown in the past year? And we'll start with Jordan on this and then head to Casey. But what do you think in the past year has been like looking back that you've grown the most or been challenged in the most? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this all kind of fits together like so perfectly because I think we all kind of had to like take a step back and ask ourselves like where do we go from here? Like what are we doing now? Um, And I think like one thing that I had to learn was how to be still and how to know the voice of God. And I just like, I felt it so clearly. Like I was asking God in my prayers, like, going into the last year, like coming into this new phase after graduating and just like being done with sports and kind of everything going on, like asking God to like make his voice clear to me. And like, I heard so clearly, like you can't know my voice if you don't know me. Mm -hmm. And I think that like learning how to know who God is in the stillness and in the quiet and in the like, alone like the loneliness and like the desperation that was the last year is like how we can now move forward and hear God's voice and so I think for me like that's been the biggest thing is just how how well do I know God how well do I know the desires of God's heart so I can align myself with his heart and be obedient to him like are the prayers that I'm praying in line with his spirit and who we know his character to be and I think that that's been, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to ask yourself that question of like, am I praying prayers that are evident that are of like, that they are of God. And so kind of just learning how to relearn who God is. What do you think case? Yeah, I think this last year, well, 16 months, it's like more than a year of 
this, but he's taught me that he's God and I'm not. I mean, I think about how things change daily, especially in the beginning. And man, my desire to control and have comfort was so evident <laughs> in every single minute of every single day um, that I really need to daily and sometimes minute by minute surrender control and my desire to control um, to him. And I think, um, you know, you think about almost every single story in the Bible surrenders at the center of God's will. And, um, and his plan is always better than ours, right? So his plan is always better and he is good and surrenders at his will. We just have to, we have to get really good at surrender in order to be in his will. Um, and I think that's what God taught me this, this past year, um, the most. Yeah, that's such good stuff. And I feel like it's it's stuff that we, to learn it, and we're almost like forced to learn it because it's so, un- we're in such uncomfortable places and we finally sit down and we're like, what is going on? And it's like finally getting to that place where we're so speaking for myself, I very much identify with what you guys were saying and getting to the place where it's like, I am so confused and feel so lost. The only thing that I can do is surrender. Mm -hmm. And in my sin, in my flesh, I have to get to the end of myself before I'm willing to, because I'm stubborn. Um, (laughs) But just that place. And then Jordan's like, yes, Abe. But the intimacy with the Lord, Jordan, like you, what you're talking about that comes from that is so rich and is so fruitful. And I think really leads us into and gives us a taste of that abundant life that we're called to when we get to the end of ourselves and surrender to him. Mm-hmm. But Chris, I'd love to hear, have you share on this too, before we kind of share more thoughts. Yeah. So this is interesting because what is so evident in both of what, I mean, Jordan, you're talking about stillness in case you're talking about surrender. And to me, the heart of like, there's a humility that has to take place for both of those things to, to, to happen. Right. For in surrender, for obvious reasons, that's pretty self-explanatory, but even in stillness, like we live in a culture that idolizes busyness and I'm like the chief person perpetuator of that. So it's an interesting one because for us to be willing to be still and listen, be still and surrender, we've got to be willing to surrender and be humble enough to let go of whatever our agenda is. And I think in 2020, at least uh, for myself, I still had about a million Zoom calls a day. I'm sick and tired of Zoom. I know we're recording on Zoom, but like I'm sick and tired of Zoom. And, but I do think that that took a lot of stock of like, okay, where, where do, it goes back to our priorities. Where do my priorities lie? And am I putting time in my day where I could actually make an excuse to be more busy? Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to work or like nothing is open, but I could find excuses to be busy right now, or I could find excuses to be still and listen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I was talking about this earlier today in our huddle leader, like group and training of one of the ways that I think Um, the question was, where have you not been walking with God in the past year? Mm -hmm. And I was saying that I get in the, in the, my issue is that I'm trying to do for God and not do with him. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing too much. 
all, all times. But also there's a there's an inherent pride of it all of like, I have to be the one that fixes it. And I think in 2020, where there were so many things that were out of your control and it became abundantly evident that all of these things were out of your control. Um, I had to kind of take stock of where am I doing life with God versus where am I just doing things for him mm-hmm. and trying to get the glory for myself. So I think, yeah, that's, that's the main thing that I'm, I take away from Jordan, what you said and Casey is that we've got to be willing to get humbled and sit down and actually like wait and listen. I think that's something that patience is definitely a big thing that God has challenged me with over the past year in a number of different realms. What do you think, Chris, when you say patience has been one of the things that God's challenged you with, is it, I was actually thinking about this the other day, like looking back and like my posture towards the Lord, like in 2019, that was in, in another world or just like before this season of life. And Chris, you bring up patience and I'm curious to know, like, if you can look back, like what, what are some of the shifts that you've seen happening? And we can kind of, I guess, head into our are words of encouragement and just transition of how have you seen God work in that time? And I would love, I think we have time for everybody to kind of share in these challenges, like how has God met you there in the midst of really hard things and really hard lessons? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Let's just go in line for my brain. So like Chris, Casey, Tyson, Jordan. Um, so I think when, when I say patience, it's in a number of realms, patience with people. We spent a lot of time being bombarded with the division that is our country. It's not, it's not, it's not new and it has not changed, but, um, I think patience with certain conversations, I think, but in terms of seeing God move, uh, in that regard, I will say that being patient enough to allow people to go on their own journey toward whatever the thing that we're trying to have that conversation about. Um, So that's what I'd say in terms of patience with other people. But I will say, even in a more broad sense of how God has moved in my life in the past year, um, I think being patient in areas where I am deficient, I have an issue with that in a a number of ways. Like I was saying earlier, I'm a fixer. I like to be the one who is going to solve all problems. And there's a lot of things in in me that is deficient. And God has been working in me to be like, hey, you're not responsible to bring 100%. I have more than enough for you. You're responsible to just come and then let me do do with whatever you have today. I know, Casey, we were talking about that at IF uh, is what happens when you only have 50% to give mm-hmm. and you've got to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And it, and I can't remember one of your friends was saying it. If it's like, not just be okay with 50%, but be willing to accept the fact that God can give more than the rest of the 50%. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like one of the biggest ways that um, God has moved in me is like loosening that grip of control saying it has to be me. And if I can't get 100% being kind of super self-deprecating for lack of a better phrase, um, over the past year. So that's the big thing. So if there's a piece of encouragement from there, I'll say that, um, 
aspiring to give 100% is super unrealistic and you're going to set yourself up for failure. It's not our job to give 100%. It's our job to just give something and then expect God to do do the rest and do with that what he wants. So that would be the biggest thing I would say I've learned over the past year. I think for me where God keeps working out in my heart and I have not arrived here, but I think um, I've seen growth is I think we talk about, yeah, I trust God. I trust God. And then when our backs are against the wall, like, I don't think I really trust God when my backs against the wall. Um, and so I think that's where I think God was really working in my heart. And that's, do I trust that God is good despite a pandemic, despite racial injustice in our country, despite like just a hot mess of our government? Um, do I trust that God is in control and he is good and that his plan is better than mine? Um, and I think I've seen growth there. I think I've also seen growth with trusting God that he's going to provide in this ministry. I would just stress so hard about finances. And this year I really was like, especially with raising funds for camp, I'm like, God, I surrender this to you. I surrender it to you. It's a big goal. It looks impossible. And, and we have the funds to pay for the kids, the 90 kids that are here. And God did it in crazy ways. He didn't do it through the people I thought he was going to do it through, but he did it. And so I think just recognizing um, that I just have to remember, I have to look back at what God's done. Um, and I'm just thinking about when he parted the Red Sea um, and the Israelites go through the Red Sea, right? And then they're in the wilderness and they're like, why did you even bring us here? <laughs> Right. And I think I had a lot of moments of like, God, why did you bring us here? Why are you letting all this happen and forgetting that he's good and that I can trust him and that he has parted the Red Seas in my life and he's going to do it again. And all of this will be for his good and his glory at the end. Tyson, hit us with it. Um. I think what I've learned is that we're all going to die. Nothing matters. Expand. Okay, that's not. I, I was expecting you to. I figured to laugh, you were kidding, but I guess it wasn't <laughs> that funny. Um, I don't know. I think. Um, I'd say just to to keep it brief again. Just that I'm still so far away from where I should be. Um, I think being like being able to spend time like kind of like in almost like a solitary confinement type of deal, being in my room all the time last year during COVID, like put me along with my thoughts um, and put a lot of things in perspective for me. Um, because obviously I was kind of debating on like if I was going to transfer schools. Uh, I didn't know like what God wanted me to do. I was definitely not really having a good time, just like living, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was just it was just weird. Um, but I think I realized like over the past year that I just like have a lot of things I need to work on, like a lot of 
because I know like we're all sinners, I guess, but I think I definitely um, fall short in like a ton of ways that I wasn't even aware of before. I think I, I was aware that I was an imperfect person, but I think I was like kind of like tricking myself in a way. Like, I was like, oh, like you, like you lead like your Bible study at Holy Cross and like people like like what you have to say and like you do FCA and like you, you're involved in the church yourself and oh you're good at like Bible trivia like stupid <laughs> obscure dumb stuff like um but I think I realized like dude you're kind of a piece of crap um that sounds bad but like I think sometimes you need to like understand like where you fall short to start like fixing it. I think acknowledging the sin is the first step in repentance. Mm -hmm. I know they say like ignorance is bliss. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's true because once you sit down and realize like, dude, why'd you treat that person that way? Or like, why'd you say that to that person? Like, why'd you do that? Um, I don't know. It puts things in perspective. Like, dude, you wouldn't like if someone did that to you or like, what if someone did that to you? Like one of your family members, like it's just weird. Like even like minor stuff, I'd, I'd like even like not even think I would say, but like even like thoughts. Like I'd have like super like prideful thoughts, and like like why when I think about things, am I like the center mm. of it? Like, and it's weird because I would like go like lead the Bible study on like Wednesday nights, and when I, and when I look back at like last year, I'm like dude, like, you're just basically, like, condemning yourself almost. Like, you know, I think James talks about it, like, in chapter three, it's like, maybe it's not chapter three, somewhere in there. It's just, like, the teachers are going to be judged more. Like, like, how am I going to sit there and tell people, like, do this, don't do this, like, avoid this, like, cling to these things. And then not like live it out because that's like the worst thing to be is like a hypocrite. Like, how are you gonna? I don't know. Like, you kind of just like fold it a little bit. Um, I don't know. And that that obviously like sucks to realize, but I think it's like it really sucks. Like when you realize, like, dude, like, like you screwed up, or like, oh, like you shouldn't have done that, like, or like, oh, like but kind of like what was going through your head at that moment it's just like i don't know it sucks because you're like damn i know better like i say like oh i know the bible so well but then like you can't like implement it in your own life so it's like do that like you don't even like you don't have an excuse at that point like if someone like doesn't know jesus like doesn't know the bible or like doesn't know any christians like okay yeah he has an excuse as to why they might act a certain way but like I go to FCA, like I go to church, like I read the Bible, like how do I still like screw up? You know, like and I think Paul talks about it. He's like, why do I? I think maybe Philippians is like, why do I do the thing that I hate? Mm -hmm. Um and I never really understood that until like I was dealing with it like all the time. Um I think another thing I realized is that dude, like I think I'm like some like adult, like grown man type of guy, but like there's a lot of ways where I'm just like, like a kid. Because um, at a certain point, whenever I'm faced with a, like an issue or decision, like I'm like, um, 
I'm a grown like man, like I'm a grown person. Like I can make decisions. Like I can like say like to like you know to not do this. Like do not do it. And then I choose to like disregard like that voice in my head. And it's just dumb. Like it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens like way more than I would like to admit. Um, so I don't know. It's just like it's weird because I'm just like, dude, do people look at my life and like never want to know about Jesus because of me, you know? Um, and that's just like not the not the best. Um, but it's like like my own fault. Like I think a lot of times we're like, uh, like Satan's like Satan's testing me. Like he's he's out to get me. But like we're pretty much in control of what we're doing. Like we can still like the Bible paints sin as like even today, like in First Peter, First Peter, like a roaring lion. Um, and even I think in Genesis, like when when God is talking to Cain, like right after he killed his brother, he's like. Like sin is like gonna be creeping at the door, but like you can overcome it, you know. Um, so yeah, it's just weird. I think I'm just kind of like a hypocrite. Like I can easily, not easily, but like through struggle, I can like fight off different things. But then sometimes I'm kind of just like a coward, I guess. Um, so yeah, I guess all I can. I don't know. God definitely has to. Have mercy on me, that's for sure. But um that water fountain's super loud. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's a weird year. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah. No excuses. Gotta just be a man. Huh? Yeah, I mean it's it's a heavy point. I'm I'm interested, Bex and Jordan, to hear what you guys have to say too. But it is interesting, like grace is here because we're not good enough to fill the gap so i do think tyson that what was interesting that point that you brought up in the middle of what you were saying was um would people look at your life and want to follow jesus as a result and i do think in 2020 um we couldn't just like go out and do random stuff you weren't supposed to at least go out and do random stuff like you could post on your ig but it's probably from your house like all these kinds of things so um the quote unquote works for instagram likes was taken away from you in 2020. um so then at that point it's like put up or shut up time all you have is your legacy what are people going to say about you when there's nothing left for you to do um and there's nothing necessarily left for you to make up for so to speak so i do think it's an interesting concept to even for people and a gut check for people to think about is like is our are we reflecting God with our lives and are we being intentional about the things that we do, how we treat people, the things that we say, but even just how we go about worshiping God and where our heart posture is in the first place, because the hope is that people see Jesus through us. They don't see us trying to pursue God. They see Jesus. That's kind of, that's the hope at least. But um, Bex and Jordan, I don't know who's next, but love to hear from you guys too. Yeah, I feel like I have so many thoughts right now. Um, This year was just incredibly, I mean, hard for all of us. And I think incredibly painful in so many different regards. And, you know, 
Chris and Becca, we talked about earlier this year, like processing that pain and how we move through dealing with hurt that we go through or um, just broken relationships or broken, you know, just situations that we go through and how you kind of move forward that with that pain. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that one, like pain is not an excuse or a crutch. Like if we're truly inviting God into that, then like we move forward and we use that as a vessel to love others better. And so I think, you know, if I'm truly welcoming God into different things, I think I've had to learn how to do that again and learn what that actually means and learn how to love others better. Um, And so I just think like in all of this, like Casey, I loved what you said of like, God is God and I am me and I'm not God, I'm not perfect. And I definitely can't be and I wouldn't need his love or his forgiveness or his grace if I was perfect. And so just recognizing that, you know, the, we're not in control and we'll never be in control. Yeah, that's good. Bex, last but not least, hit us with it. I feel like Jordan should just mic drop on that because we're the same person. So, um, but yeah, I think among a lot of other things, um, one of the one of the themes I feel like that God and I are, I'm wrestling out with God is just this idea of, and to bring in like a cliche, like Christian mantra of like trust without borders. Mm -hmm. And like, what does that actually mean? And like, wherever you would call me, like, what does that mean? And it's, it's easy to say it. It's easy to sing it. Um, but when God actually calls us into places that we feel like we have no business being in, or we have never been before, um, it becomes real and it becomes intimidating for me at least. And I think that's one of the biggest things that the Lord has been teaching me in just a new season of life, no longer being a student athlete, no longer being an undergraduate student, you know, being isolated from peers, my own age, just like a lot of change and a lot of transition and a lot of new. And again, like we make the joke of like, okay, adulting, like, what does that mean? Um, but realizing that just because it's uncomfortable and just because it's new and just because it's scary, doesn't mean that God's not in it. And I think that that's the biggest thing that he is continually teaching me daily is just because I'm actually feeling a lot of fear more so than I have ever in my life does. And just because I'm intimidated and just because I don't necessarily feel big enough and strong enough and smart enough or whatever it may be for what I feel that he's calling me to, it doesn't mean that he's not in it. It just means that my I'm understanding better my need for him. And I think that's actually a really awesome place to be. And knowing the reality that the safest place to be is in the palm of his hand and clinging to that rather than my own strength is what he's been teaching me, I think. 
Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think um, we could talk for hours also on this particular thing. But what I do think it would be meaningful, Casey, if you're cool with this, I'm throwing you on the spot, is we're going to be in July. So it's not like the year just started. This isn't like a New Year's resolution kind of thing. But it is us launching into a new season, both literally and figuratively. So we normally don't do this, but Casey, if you would pray us out mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, um, and kind of thinking about what the rest of 2020 can hold, where God's going to challenge all of us. He's challenging all of us, I feel like, in similar ways to some extent, but also in very unique ways. Um, and even through kind of this podcast, bets with you and I, again, just having more conversations like this um, before Casey praises out. Like, it's an honor and a privilege to share this space with all three of you, right? And obviously you, Bex, you're the homie. Day one, of course. Um, but it's also just an honor and a privilege to be able to learn from you guys too. So uh, I can't thank you guys enough for popping on with us and being on our, being a supporter and being a part of our show and wanting to come and share your journey with us. We don't like, we don't get on the show to try and share with anybody that we're perfect because if anything, if you take that we're perfect from our shows, you haven't been listening. That's, we go out of our way to tell you that we're not. So um yeah, but I'm like super honored and, and blessed and privileged to, to hear from all of you guys and your journeys and learn from you guys. But Casey, if you wouldn't mind, pray so. All right. That'd be great. Dealer, thank you so much for this podcast. Thank you so much that you had put this a year ago on Christiana and Becca's hearts. Thank you for what you've done through um, hours of interviews, Lord, and, um, and, and, and through people's lives that they may never meet, Lord. Um, on this side of heaven. And so we just praise your name that um, these conversations will hopefully change people's lives and their hearts and allow um, uh, not only the people that are guests on the show grow in their walk and and be challenged, but those that are listening be challenged, Lord. I pray that um, this upcoming year, year two, would be fruitful for them, um, that lots of people would come to know the Lord um, and grow in their walk with him uh, because of their willingness um, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, um, and to give up their time uh, for you, Lord. So we're grateful, and we just um, bless your name. It's in your awesome name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So, again, thank you guys for popping on with us again. All of you are going to be on the show again, I'm sure, because we also love to keep bugging you guys to get on the show. So, um, yeah, so that's a wrap for season one, you guys. So a couple of announcements for everybody. One, we're going to dropping episodes once a month. We're not dropping episodes every two weeks anymore, but we are going to post smaller clips on Instagram. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, follow us at behind the mask 3132. That's where you're going to get every single thing um, about everything, to be honest. And then, yeah, so that's, that's basically where we're going. And what we are hoping to do is to continue with our unlearning series, but we also want to talk about what are some stuff that we're relearning going into the next year. Um, so again, as always, if you guys love what you're hearing as much as we do, hit the red subscribe button at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, follow these guys. We'll throw their stuff in the show notes. Casey's got about 17 Instagram accounts. So <laughs> follow her. Um, and then, yeah, we love you guys. We love to hear your conversations. Hit us up. We're an open book. But until next time, we'll catch you guys later on season two, Behind the Mask. Bye, guys.